0: You're listening to the Peacock and
1: Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, finishing up Matt Williamson's end of season, beginning of off season NFL power rankings. We're on to team 13, so we'll count down from 13 to Matt's top team as we enter the 2021 off season, and speaking of the 2021 off season, so many fun things to talk about and that's why we're here every day with you the nfl never sleeps we'll be talking free agency we will be talking draft getting into some ranking of prospects as well matt that i know you have on the horizon so uh, that'll be tons of fun and my first mock draft of the off season will be coming in the next couple of weeks as well so looking forward to all of those things including all of the news and probably trades that will be coming down over the next week's um, before we get into all this, we have to cover the, this horribly sad news coming out of Florida, former Buccaneers and Chargers wide receiver, Vincent Jackson found dead Monday in a hotel room in Brandon, Florida, 38 years old, uh, man of the year honor four years in a row while working closely with military families, um, but in particular military mothers, Last played in 2016 was an early mentor for Mike Evans, who just got himself a Super Bowl mm-hmm. ring. And there's an investigation going on here. It looks like there was no trauma involved here. So I mean you could probably draw some conclusions, but I don't want to do that. Uh just an incredibly sad story for a really good football player.
1: Yeah, it was he was a joy to watch. Um, I don't know much to comment about the death except for obviously it's tragic. I hope you know those close to him are Are doing okay. Um, I hadn't thought about the, I forget how you just phrased it, almost the mentorship for Evans. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, a a big-bodied guy. He was a little thicker than Evans, not quite as good as Evans, but I'm sure he was highly influential in uh, turning Evans into a potential Hall of Famer type guy. And Jackson had a great career. I mean, he was a really effective downfield dude with the Chargers for much of his career. It's a real shame.
0: That's what I remember was the Vincent jackson yeah. chargers it was the you know the six five receivers on the outside i believe it was malcolm floyd right and philip rivers yeah. in his youth was chucking it up to these guys and and what a great downfield weapon he was because he not only was what six four six five two thirty but oh uh, yeah. he could run too coming out of a small school he ran four fours i think it was northern colorado was his college mm-hmm. and um man he was such a great downfield weapon because of his speed and his size and his ball skills to go up and get the ball on the outside
1: yeah, without question, you mix in Antonio Gates into that is another big body oh, guy yeah, who over the middle was as much receiver. Yeah, as much receiver as he is blocker, that's for sure. Uh Ladanian Tomlinson was on those teams too. I mean, they had some guys around Rivers for sure. Uh, he was kind of a precursor to the Metcalf's and Claypools and guys like that we're seeing a lot more of.
0: So from 2008 with the Chargers until his third year with Tampa in 2014, he had a thousand yards every season except for one when he only played five games. Wow. Pretty amazing. And uh, I didn't realize that. Wow. Yeah. During that run, between, let me pull up here. I want to get the exact so stats he, for that. Period of time. He he
1: certainly helped me win some fantasy games over his lifetime.
0: Yes. And I remember him being really good, but I I didn't remember it was this good for this long in his career. And it was a prolonged peak there of those seven years. So between 2008 and 2014, 100 games worth, he played nearly every game every year, except for that one season, he had only five games. 7,000 yards over those seven seasons with 45 touchdowns.
1: Damn, I didn't realize that either. I mean, that, that's a pretty darn good stretch for more than just a three, four-year period, too. I mean, a lot of guys are, you know, they only last three, four, five years at their peak. I mean, to be that strong for that good or that long is pretty darn impressive.
0: Very sad news there of Vincent Jackson, a great player and, um, you know, man of the year off the field, too. So uh, incredibly sad, and I'm sure we'll learn more about what went on with a 38-year-old Vincent Jackson gone too soon. We'll learn more about that, I'm sure, in coming days and weeks. J.J. Watt has been released. He is a free agent and a team that I hadn't really heard and thought about, but I guess it does make some sense when you think about it geographically close to where he grew up and a, a good team now and a team that will play his brothers twice a year instead of play alongside his brothers in Pittsburgh, the Cleveland Browns. According to Cleveland.com's Mary K. Cabot, the Browns are a real contender to land J.J. Watt. What are your thoughts there?
1: Makes a ton of sense to me. Um, this is far from a done deal, folks. I mean, I have a hunch that he's talking to 20 teams, or maybe he's narrowed it down to three or four. Like, uh, it, I hadn't thought of the Browns. I mean, everyone just keeps saying Steelers, Packers, maybe Bears, you know. What I mean, and so the, I hadn't heard him link to the Browns before this morning, but I love it from their perspective. I mean, you talk about a great guy to mentor and take Miles Garrett under his wing. And Olivier Vernon's a free agent opposite Garrett. And he's coming off a major injury. So even if they would resign him, how much could he play right off the bat? Gives you two beasts in big bodied ends in that 4 3 front. He could also kick inside, you know, with like an Ogan Joby or a Richardson, depending who comes back for the Browns. Um, my big thing with Watt is I don't want him to play. 80, 90% of the snaps, I want them to play 50 or 60. And, you know, they, they still could draft somebody else in the mix, and they need a lot of back seven help. But uh, a, a big, not complaint, but concern I have with the Browns, and this goes back to all tanking teams, is once you start to get good like Cleveland is, and what we haven't mentioned them in my power ranks yet, who are the dudes that have been there and done it? You know what I mean? If you blow the thing up and you just draft pick, draft pick, draft pick, you know who has experience around the league in that off in that in that, that that building a guy like Watt would be really useful
0: oh my gosh and as we mentioned when he was first released, every single team in the NFL could use JJ Watt and he could fit any scheme in the league so I'm sure so many teams are interested those teams that can afford him uh, there was a question here actually do a bonus question because it kind of ties into all of that because I know the Steelers are what 30 million dollars over the cap and you would assume that playing with his brothers would be at least some sort of a draw there for JJ Watt can. The Steelers even figure that out under the cap. And we had a question from Freeman here that says, how bad is that Steelers cap situation? If Ben retired, could they afford bud? And and as far as I know, Ben retiring um, would, would be something that maybe, I mean, it, it wouldn't help you win games this year, but it would be the one thing that could really clean up their cap. Am I correct in that?
1: Yes and no. I mean, if you really want to dork out, do me a favor and search iTunes or wherever for S N R the Drive. It's Steeler Nation Radio. That's the, the radio station owned by the Steelers. So that the show I was I always reference. I do the Drive or I do a Steeler show every day. Well, Dale Lawley and I do the Drive. It's S N R the Drive, and we spent half an hour yesterday really digging into the cap and you know restructuring some guys. And yeah, Ben retiring would help. But then you don't have a quarterback. <laughs> you know, I mean, so, do you pay a different he, he,
0: one or just draft the guy and, and get that started now? And then what happens or, if, if yeah, the quarterback's uh, not good that. and you have all this defensive talent? So, it just it doesn't seem like a logical option, you know, and you're not trying to no. push Ben out the door or anything.
1: I mean, the, the short answer to the what to stealer question is if JJ wants to play for nothing, he can be a stealer <laughs> you know, or <laughs> right. a very low amount, much less than he's worth. If he wants to, yeah, I think he's made it. We we figured it out. He's made over a hundred million, you know, on the field. Not to mention subway commercials and whatnot. If he wants to sign a one year deal at a million or two, I'm sure the Steelers would say great. But that's about the only way financially it could work. And again, check out that show that we do every every day. If you're heavily into the Steelers, um, and we really nerded out, you know, Pouncey's retirement, McDonald's retirement, you know, my my buddy Dale said. He expects the Steelers to kind of make a Drew Brees-like deal. When Brees retired, he signed an odd deal with the Saints after retirement that if you do the same thing with Ben and kind of push some of his money back the next year or two, the Steelers have a ton of cap space next year, a ton of cap space, then you could get under and you could start to make some moves. But don't hold your... Don't keep your fingers crossed for Bud Dupree or Juju to be back.
0: Yeah, and teams can do some gymnastics with the cap and add funny money to Mm -hmm. contracts and make it look like it's a four-year deal when it's really a two-year deal. And I think we're going to see a lot of those things. Maybe maybe cheaper one-year deals for some players, but I think those two-year deals where – Teams are pushing cap into next year, and so I think J.J. Watt could maybe pull off something like that with with some teams like the Steelers that might be closer to the cap if they want to get a deal done. So essentially, yeah, Mm -hmm. it's up to J.J. Watt. Uh, At some point, every team in the league will say, well, man, if J.J. Watt wants to play here, this is too good of a bargain, too good of a player. We have to make this happen and and make some cap room, and I assume the Steelers are one of those teams and just like the Cleveland Browns are, and uh, the Green Bay Packers as well.
1: Yeah, the Packers are tight against the cap as well. Um, the big thing everyone should be listening to, though, is right now, it just came out over the weekend that the TV networks and the NFL are in a big conversation right now about the next TV deal. And the numbers sound astronomical. Yes. So the 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 big shoe to drop in the offseason is that's gonna happen. This is where I'm going with this is once that happens, then we're gonna get some kind of salary cap number, probably in the next week or two. Um and a lot of rumors that it'll be 180 or 185. I'll put a buck down that it's, I'll take the over on 185. I bet it goes up to, I bet it goes higher than that. I don't know if it'll get to 200 next year, you know, like it did last year. But then all these moves will make a lot more sense to teams.
0: Right, yeah. 2022 is a really big get well year for the NFL. Some teams are going to have to, yeah. uh, you know, do some house cleaning this year. But 2022, the cap's going to go back up probably close to where it should normally have been, plus new TV money, so you know that was going to be a year where it was going to go up anyway. So uh, that's a time everybody can probably get well when it comes to the salary cap around the NFL, and we'll probably see a lot of numbers get pushed off into that year with lower cap numbers in 2021 when it comes to signing free agents and restructuring contracts on current teams so they have enough room to make their 21 roster work. Okay, let's get to... The... Real quick, I'm yeah. not an
1: economics expert or a or a, you know a bargaining expert, but they the the league also has not yet made a dollar from betting. All that money is on the horizon too. Oh
0: my gosh, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, so I don't think anybody's hurting for dinner or anything in the league, and <laughs> therefore I think the cap will be much better than I think people fear it to be.
0: Great point about the gambling aspect. That, that's a, a different conversation for a different day because uh, I want to dive more into that, and I think we need to have some folks on the show that could really get into what the economics will be and the impact there and the legalities because there's, uh, there could be some nefarious business as well when it comes to that, uh, which was somewhat surprising. They finally got a professional franchise there in, in one of the three major sports in Las Vegas too, so I'm sure that'll be a big aspect to those Raiders games gambling in your seat while you're watching the game but uh, we got to move on to your power rankings matt matt yeah. williamson's end of season beginning of offseason power rankings teams 13 through one next the football season is over but there are still ways to bet on the nfl when it comes to betonline.ag. nfl draft you bet on who the first pick in the draft is going to be that one's not great because it takes 50 dollars to make one dollar With Trevor Lawrence, who is going to be the number one overall pick in the draft. but Things do get interesting when it comes to the second pick. Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Pene Sewell. Or the third overall pick, even more interesting. Who will be the second quarterback selected? The third quarterback selected? Who will be the first wide receiver selected? Or how about put some money on J.J. Watt's next team? The Steelers, Bills, and Packers. With the Cleveland Browns coming in fourth most likely when it comes to J.J. Watt's odds. At Bet Online, Carson Wentz, Deshaun Watson's landing spot if traded. The fun is endless. NBA, NHL, table games, poker, blackjack—they have it all at Bet Online. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. February is Black History Month, and the Locked On Podcast Network is honoring the challenges and success of black men and women in sports with a new series called Locked On Presents More Than the Game. This week, Candace Cooper of Locked On Tar Heels and Erica Ayala of Locked On Women's Basketball discuss the opportunities and challenges that come with being a black woman in sports. Subscribe to the Locked On Presents podcast feed in the Radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. Instead of just reading them off, for those of you who did not hear yesterday's show, if you want to find out who teams 14 through 32 are in Matt Williamson's power rankings, then you have to go listen to Monday's podcast. Let's start. And we stopped here yesterday because this is a big gap between 13 and 14. And these are, quote unquote, the good teams coming off of 2020 season and into 2021 with some momentum. And that 13th team for you is the Miami Dolphins.
1: Yeah, they didn't quite make the postseason, but they made... Big steps forward, um, but there's some concerning things about them too. You know, like they, uh, you know, allowed over half a yard more than they produced on offense. You know, they they generated a lot of their not their wins, but their their value this past year on special teams and turnovers and things like that that generally aren't sustainable. But I also think two is going to be better next year. I mean, I don't know. I'm not saying he's going to be the superstar, but he'll be better, and he'll be throwing to Jamar Chase or Allen Robinson, or you know, I mean, like their roster is going to be better too. I, I I'm pretty certain of both those things.
0: Miami feels a lot like Seattle in a way that some of the things when it comes to yards per play and point differential. It just feels like they're going to be a team that wins closer games than mm-hmm. maybe some teams around the league. So when you look at numbers, and you see the Kansas City Chiefs, or the Green Bay Packers that are, you know, plus 100 points on the season. Uh, you're going to see a team like. the Seattle Seahawks, and sometimes the Patriots were like this. And of course, Brian Flores comes from that New England coaching tree. Uh, the Miami Dolphins is going to be that team where it's like, OK, they were plus 12 points for the season, but they won 10 games, 11 games. Mm
1: hmm. Yeah, and that's definitely a Russell Wilson thing with Seattle. Uh, Houston has a little bit of that with Watson. Another team Miami reminds me a little bit of is their division rival, Buffalo. But I feel like Buffalo, just in terms of team construction, but I feel like the Bills are two years ahead of where Miami was.
0: Right, young quarterback that, man, if that quarterback takes the next step, look out, you're talking about one seed material in the AFC.
1: And we're going to get him a receiver and a lineman and make everything mm-hmm. very nice for him. And Scheme will be very Tua friendly. And now it's your turn to take that step. You know, I mean, I'm not saying he's going to be as good as Josh Allen and be in the MVP conversation. But the way they're constructing their team reminds me of that.
0: They did not have a lot of talent for Tua or Ryan Fitzpatrick to throw to last year. That skill position talent oh. on offense. they were in a lot of ways, they were ahead of schedule with how good of a team they were record wise last year.
1: Yes. And then a much more a running game. I mean, and I'm not even sure running backs are a huge problem, but if they gave two a, a substantial middle of the road running game, I think Miami would take a big step forward that, you know, just with that. Speaking of which, just next team. Either. Yeah.
0: The next team on this list definitely needs a running game as well. And it, going back to last week's uh, mock draft, Matt, that you put out there, you had the Pittsburgh Steelers coming in at number 12 here, drafting a first round running back.
1: I did. And I don't feel super strong about it, but I think it's, you know, they must upgrade the running back position. I think Ben will be back. I think that they have to treat him like late career Elway and get his Terrell Davis and ground game and make Ben a spoke in the wheel instead of the guy pedaling the bike. You know, I mean, um, and that's their only shot, you know, and the defense should be basically intact. This is a little low. I mean, the Steelers twelve, but the end of the year was not pretty. In this, the playoff game was flat out miserable.
0: It was amazing to see the end of the year for Pittsburgh. They were undefeated, yeah. and then it was like uh, they were, you know, two, three, four, and then all of a sudden, twelve now. And um, wow, that that was that was very interesting. Another team here, the Cleveland Browns, we just talked about with a potential landing spot for JJ Watt. They won eleven games last year, but have a negative point differential.
1: Yeah, and they beat the Steelers, so I felt like I had to put them ahead of them without question. I'm not exactly sold that the Browns are a big time contender, but I very, very much think they're going the right direction. Uh, Kevin Stefanski would have got my coach of the year vote as well. They're definitely building something, Um, but I'm not sure that they were the equivalent of really an 11 win team. You know what I mean?
0: Mm -hmm. Indianapolis Colts. In your top 10 here they won also 11 games but had a plus 89 point differential so it looks very different with them winning games a little bit more soundly than some other teams.
1: yeah and I gotta admit some of these ones right in this neighborhood having a tough time deciphering could the Colts be eight Yeah they could be eight you know or, or could they be 11 yeah, they could be 11. I mean they're they're similar they didn't make a big noise in the playoffs obviously. Uh, They have some off-season questions, but I'm not accounting for that. I'm just kind of looking at what we saw last year. It's a pretty darn good roster, but now they have some holes they have to address. Quarterback, left tackle, uh, corner, maybe another pass rusher. Expensive things.
0: Expensive things, yes. And quarterback being the most expensive. We'll see if they cave. They did not cave and offer their first-round pick, according to reports for Matthew Stafford. The latest reports, I believe, was uh, Ron Jaworski who reported that the offer from Indy for Carson Wentz is two seconds. They're not willing to go for their first-round pick for him either. So we'll see if any of these teams, the Bears or the Colts, budge and offer their first-round pick because I think if they do, then Carson Wentz will absolutely be on his way to one of those teams. And there's that date looming, which we're about a month away from, The I think it's the third day of the league year, which would be March 20th or something like that, 19th. Um, essentially, by the time free agency opens, you've got to trade Wentz if you are... Philly which is what some teams know I'm sure which is probably holding this up because they can sit back and not trade Wentz and pay the 10 million dollar roster bonus that's coming on the third day of the league year or they can eventually just take the best deal and I think that's why teams um, are willing to do a little bit more and who knows maybe after that date if Wentz doesn't get traded now you're willing to pay more because you don't have to pay that 10 million dollars
1: Right. And I kind of went on a rant yesterday that I don't always trust media reports about what trades were offered and whatnot. And I'm sure Philly is doing their best right now and realizing they don't have to super rush to try to get a first out of the deal. But two seconds for Carson Wentz is a very fair offer.
0: Oh, absolutely fair. And and I'd probably (laughs) take that. And if that's the offer that you have on the table, you better hurry up and take it before the the Colts find a different quarterback and aren't offering that anymore. And you are stuck paying that 10 million dollars on the third day of the league year. And I think we know which side leaked that offer, if it was in fact an offer, right. with, if it was Ron Jaworski, which is the ones that was reporting it.
1: Right. And um, you might want to grab that offer, like you said before, it's not on the table anymore, or Indy goes back and watches more Went state from last year. <laughs> you know, it right. pretty.
0: Yeah. And all of a sudden, if there's only one team left that needs a quarterback, that team's not going to be offering as much for your, your quarterback anymore.
1: Right. I mean, like, if I'm the Colts and you're dragging, I'm offered you two seconds, which is really fair, and that's being generous. And you're not saying yes. Why don't I just call the Jets and offer a little less for Darnold? And whoever Mm -hmm. says yes first gets, you know, gets my pick
0: and not pay all that salary. Right, right. The Tennessee Titans coming in at number 9, the winners of the AFC South, another 11-win team here. And you're right. These these teams are really tough to differentiate in here between say 8 and 13.
1: They they absolutely are. I mean, Tennessee even versus Indian the divisions a tough one. But hey, I mean, this is an 11 and 5 team. Derrick Henry goes for over 2,000 yards. I mean, one of the best offenses in the league yet again. But an abysmal pass rush, a bad defense, you know, we'll, we'll talk about offseason needs and things. But the Titans worry me a little bit about maybe they reach their peak this past year or so and might drop off a little bit.
0: The Seattle Seahawks coming in at number eight here, the NFC West champions. And uh, we kind of mentioned how they're a team where you, you have to throw out some of the stuff because they're able to win close games. And it's not always pretty, but. Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson, that marriage just keeps chugging along with a lot of victories, although maybe that marriage getting a little rocky in Seattle, according to recent reports, and according to some public reports and and public words from uh, Russell Wilson and the team.
1: Yeah, and I can understand some frustration, um, especially with the the amount of passing and protecting them and all these things. I get that to some degree. Um, they, They won their last four in a row, ended up with 12 wins but lost in the first round of the playoffs. You know, really it was tail tale of two seasons for Seattle where the first half of the year, the, the offense, when they were throwing like crazy, was awesome. And we're all talking about, oh, Russell Wilson's the MVP. He's cooking. But boy, this is the worst defense in the league. And then the second half of the season, the defense got a lot better and the offense crumbled and Wilson didn't play well.
0: That was a really weird season it is. because they were a different team than we'd ever seen from Seattle in the first half. And then it completely flipped in the second half of the year. Uh, and looking at these rankings, Matt, I think it's pretty clear that how they fared in the playoffs had an effect on the final rankings here for you. Because we're talking about some teams that were early exits in the playoffs. I think we'll get to mm-hmm. some teams next between seven and one playoff exits being the tiebreakers. And hopefully we have some time to reach into the mailbag and hit some of your questions next. Now is the perfect time to make sure your vehicle is up to the task with inclement weather, whether it be snow or rain, wherever you are. Make sure you got the right wiper blades in there. Your tires are on point. Safety for you and your family. Keep your car running smooth and get everything you need at rockauto.com. An amazing selection, easy to navigate website, reliably low prices. You don't need to look any further than rockauto.com. Classic cars, your daily driver, everything you need for your car or truck. They're a family-owned business, been around for 20 years, helping you find parts online at rockauto.com. No different price structures for mechanics or do-it-yourselfers. Reliably low prices. Right locked on in the box so they know we sent you. Go fix up that old car. Keep your new car running. Go to rockauto.com. All the parts your car or truck could ever need. Number seven, the Baltimore Ravens. They won in the first round of the playoffs, were ousted by Buffalo in the divisional round.
1: I thought they had a really interesting year too because they were a lot of, you know, before the season started, it was them in Kansas City clearly in the AFC as the leaders of the clubhouse. A lot of people picked the Ravens to win the Super Bowl this past year. And by those standards, they started pretty slow and they had some injuries and retirements Yonda and things like that. And then they had like a COVID period where things were kind of rough for this team. And then they finished the season on fire. I mean, they weren't great teams, but they were destroying teams on a five-game winning streak and ended up with the the best point differential in all of football. And now now the narrative on Baltimore is, oh, they can't win the big one. Lamar is no good. They got to find a passing game. Like, I don't know. I I think people are a little hard on Lamar in particular. I I know they're too hard on Lamar in particular. And I'm not sure that this is going to get to this degree, but I keep bringing up, you know, Kyler Murray with DeAndre Hopkins and Josh Allen with Stefan Diggs. Like if you could get him a facsimile of those dudes, we might have a totally different Lamar passer on our hand.
0: I would love to see Alan Robinson there, the free agent. I don't know if they can, they can drum up the money, but that would be a fantastic fit for Baltimore. They need that style of player. Um, the new Orleans saints. We haven't what do you think heard- of Godwin there. Oh, that's fantastic too because uh, the yeah. the top end speed as well, which I think will be big with the way they run their offense and the powerhouse running game and Tough guy. Say what you want about the way that Lamar Jackson throws and his style of mm-hmm. play and it's not the most efficient, but he can fling it too. So, I think Godwin could give you both where he's a, a target hog and a downfield threat.
1: Yeah, and also on uh, the slot, you can keep Brown on the outside mm-hmm. and um, bigger bodied, thick guy. I, I like that fit a lot. That's a great fit, actually.
0: I, I like that a lot. I like that even more than Robinson. Now that I think about it, the Drew Brees saga I thought would be over by now, and he hasn't announced his retirement. You think he's got a little bit left in him, and he's thinking, you know what i I got to try well, it one more time because he hasn't retired yet. Uh, the New Orleans Saints coming in at number six.
1: I did mention that he restructured his contract last week, which is you know we kind of thought was odd. And I just assumed it was a favor to the Saints so that they could, you know, get pay him down the road and he'll get his money eventually and, you know, all that. I don't know. Maybe he's kicking it around. I think – I hope he retires, to be honest. I think that time is now. Um, I I was really high on this team. I don't want to say they were disappointing or that the quarterback position was disappointing, but a little. I mean, they might have had the league's best roster. I think Mm -hmm. Tampa and New Orleans probably had the league's best roster. You beat the Bears in the first round, so I didn't give them a whole lot of credit for that, and then you couldn't knock off Tampa for the third straight time. So, I mean, six isn't bad, obviously.
0: Yeah, I think they had the two best rosters top to bottom, the two most complete rosters in the NFL, and in the end, Tom Brady was playing much better ball than Drew Brees. I think that's... Uh, plain and simple Yeah, though. yeah. And that's why be Tampa better. hoisted Lombardi. That's why they're higher than New Orleans on this list and in the top five. At five, the Los Angeles Rams, who just upgraded quarterback Uh, And this is not even considering that, correct?
1: Correct. This is just what we saw last year. Uh, They were great in yards for play differential. Uh, I mean, I, I think when you look at the combination of defense, which I think was probably the best in the league when it was all said and done and offense, this was maybe the best team in the league. I mean, Um, I know people are hard on Goff, but I thought it was a pretty darn successful season for the Rams, and I'm not so sure that that playoff game wouldn't have went a little different. I know they got beat bad, so I'm making excuses, but you know Aaron Donald being banged up in the playoffs sure didn't help their causes to advance.
0: And we'll see if the addition of Matthew Stafford can make up for the loss of one-and-done defensive coordinator Brandon Staley, who is now... With the Chargers as the head man. And it's no surprise, the top four are the last four teams that were remaining in the playoffs this year. Number four is the Green Bay Packers.
1: Yeah. I mean, plus 140 point differential, 13 and three, two straight years with the new head coach, league MVP at quarterback. I mean, you got to like what they're doing there. And it's a consistent winner now in a a formula. I kind of hate that, you know, the narrative around the Green Bay is. Oh Aaron Rodgers record in NFC championship games is so bad. You know like it, it, 31 teams finished the, the season yeah. on a sour note, you know.
0: Absolutely. And we're going to start seeing those infographics every Packers game that talks about coaches coaching winning records and win-loss records to start their career. George Seifert was always a great one taking over Bill Walsh's 49ers and they were a monster in the early 90s with Seifert at the helm. Uh, Matt LaFleur in his first two seasons is 26 and six as a head coach.
1: Right. <laughs> it's a pretty good start.
0: Not a bad start at all. The Buffalo Bills, who were one of the best teams in the NFL, and I had actually picked them to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. I was a couple of weeks early in the Chiefs demise when it came to the playoffs this year. Uh, I was blown away by how well they played and how well Josh Allen played in his development. You mentioned how Stefan Diggs being the addition there, I think, was monumental. Uh, and the coaching staff was important. Brian Dable's coming back, so uh, Buffalo Bills coming in at number three.
1: Yeah, I think they're a really, really solid organization. I am now an Allen believer. Trust me, I was not. I mean, one year ago, mm-hmm. I was. You know, I said a million times, boy, I really like the Bills, but I'm worried about the quarterback. But now, when the quarterback's the best thing that they do, you become a powerhouse. And I think the Bills are a really impressive team built for the long run. You know, they had a great year.
0: And did the, did the Super Bowl play into this? Did you have this before yes. the Super Bowl? Or was I was this, about...
1: this in after the Super Bowl. Okay, so much. whoever won or got the top spot.
0: <laughs> so whoever won got the top spot. You did have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as your top team. They were the champions of the league. And the Kansas City Chiefs at number two in Matt Williamson's end of season power rankings. And yep. I think that's the only way you have to do it because Tampa beat Kansas City. Now, if Kansas City had a full, healthy offensive line, maybe that outcome could have been different.
1: Yeah, it could have, and maybe if they play that game 10 times, Kansas City wins four of them, but I mean, I don't know how you could put Tampa two after what they did in the most important game of the year against an elite quarterback, and the run they had in the playoffs, and really to finish the season was super impressive, and Brady really came into his own, and it's, it's not a coincidence that the top two teams were Super Bowls, but I mean, I'm just putting the best teams out there like your old Steve Young versus Aikman games, uh, my top 2 would have been the Cowboys and Niners no matter who they smashed mm-hmm. from the AFC in this, you know.
0: Everything we're hearing out of uh, Tampa was like, let's run it back, we're bringing back everybody and I don't know, I think that might be a big factor when it comes to Super Bowl hangovers with teams trying to do everything the same because things are never the same in the NFL year to year. We saw it play out with the 49ers who were like, ah, we were 10 minutes away. Let's run it back. And uh, it did not quite run back the way they thought. So uh, caution to those teams in the Super Bowl, whether it's the winner or the loser, uh, it's not that easy. You can't just run it back. You got to compete and and try to be better every year.
1: No, uh, absolutely. And I mean, I know all of us are talking about Mahomes being one of the all-time greats. And I, the guy I compare him to, not stylistically, is Dan Marino. I mean, like, we were, I've never seen anyone take the league by storm like Mahomes, but Marino was the closest and he went to one, lost to Joe, an all-time great, and then never went back. Like, I know Mahomes already has one, but he may never go back. You know, I mean, it's just, it's that hard. guy Push
0: some of these questions into tomorrow's episode. I didn't expect the uh, unfortunate news sure. we had to start at the top of the show with, so we didn't have a lot of time to get to these questions after the power rankings. Uh, I'm going to hit one right now, and then we'll hit some more questions tomorrow. Whatever else is going on around the league.
1: Tomorrow could be a clean-up
0: day. Yeah, Um, tomorrow we can catch up with some of the things. I'm sure there'll be more news as it happens in the NFL. There's one big bit of news every single day in the offseason, and who knows, maybe a big trade gets swung. We're going to start looking at draft prospects. We talked J.J. Watt earlier in the pod. Let's finish with this. This is from our good friend, JDS, who is a faithful listener and a faithful tweeter into... The show, he says, as of now, where does J.J. Watt and Aaron Donald rank all time in terms of defensive players?
1: Higher than people want to realize, I think. I mean, I really do. I mean, I I think they're. Wow.
0: Like LT Reggie White and right behind them, basically. Right. Uh, Yeah. I mean, really.
1: Yeah. I mean, are they on the tier with. Ronnie Lott and Joe Green and Ray Lewis and yeah (laughs) you know i mean they're right there a, a, a part of me was yeah right there i mean they they win defensive mvps they're the best player in the league for a long stretch i mean to be the best player in the league for five years in a row i'm not sure who i'd pick over the other donald's a little bit newer so a little bit more on your mind but don't forget how good jj was for a very long time before injuries derailed him and he's not bad now i mean i think it's easy to say that the the, the cheap way of getting out of this question is both of them are top ten ever,
0: right? Absolutely, we could start to run through them, and and you're probably I think you nailed it with some of those names. I'm. It's not like uh, I mean Ronnie Lott, close to my heart, Hall of Fame guy. Obviously, these are Hall of Fame players, and you could argue one way or the other, but that's the class that we're talking about. That's the class that they're in. We're 20 sack guys for interior defensive linemen. These guys dominate, right. and as, as good as Aaron Donald is right now, the best defensive player in the NFL, J.J. Watt was that just before. Aaron Donald took over that mantle from him because of some of the J.J. Watt injuries. And Watt's still playing at a super high level, by the way. Uh, Aaron Donald is just now the man and unbelievably talented players that flat out dominate. And when you start talking about this guy is not only the best at his position group, the best on that side of the ball in the NFL, that's, Easily. that's all-timer level.
1: All-timer level. You know, I'm sitting here thinking, like, who else would be on that tier? Like, Dion and... Deacon Jones, I mean, like studs, like with all respect to Warren Sapp, who's awesome and an easy Hall of Famer. These guys are better. Oh,
0: I take J.J. Watt and Aaron Donald in a heartbeat over Warren Sapp.
1: Right, right. You know, and that's a huge compliment.
0: Good stuff. Uh, good question there. That's a fun one. I'm sure some more will come to us. You can add more to that list if you, if you want to think about it overnight. And we'll tackle some more of these questions Wednesday because there's a whole bunch of them and some good ones that I want to get to Tomorrow, right here on the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show.